0: Yo, 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 what's up, guys? And welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast, Episode 8. It's your boy, J-Ray, with Johnny T and B-Cap. Today, we're going to bring you some NFL stuff, man. We're going to go and break down the AFC East. We're going to redraft the Stack 2014 NFL Draft Class. Just the top 10, though. Then we're going to talk about Phillip Rivers. Is he a Hall of Famer? Mr. Bolo Tie himself. We're going to have that debate. And then the Steelers. <laughs> No more catch-up. No more Heinz Field. They're changing the name. Mr. Steel City over there, John Tortorelli, has a take for you over there. But we're going to kick it off with some AFC East talk. I'm a Patriot fan. Brandon's a Patriot fan. So I know we have some opinions on what's going down. Johnny, break us down, bro.
1: So you guys, I would like to hope as Patriot fans can be realistic with yourselves. The Bills are winning this division. Do you disagree?
0: No, I, I agree.
1: You look at Gabriel Davis going into his, his third season, Jameson Crowder coming in, in the slot, Josh Allen having another year where the defense is just going to continue to get better, Brandon Von Miller. I still think last year is number one in the NFL. At the very least, you can say it was top three. I think it's going to be right in that ballpark again. And for New England and Miami, we'll talk about the Jets too, of course. I don't think you can make any case that they have a better shot of winning this division. Uh, it's pretty simple. Best quarterback, best defense, top-tier head coach, and the weapons. You know, they add in Roger Saffold from Tennessee as well on the offensive line. You're adding more guys into the running back room. Khalil Shakur out of Boise State, he's another guy that he use as a gadget player. There's so many different options in this offense. And I say, Josh Allen, this is the year for him where he can show up the NFL. I can go to the Super Bowl. And- Make a strong case of myself as the best player in my position.
0: Brandon, do the Bills have the number one spot?
2: Um, so I'm gonna preface my comments before I make them with I reserve the right to change my opinion. Okay. Because right now, currently sitting what are we in mid July already? Right? Oh my God. Um, I would probably say the Buffalo Bills are the number one team in the division. Sit stand right now as we are right now, but things can change. All right, and the season hasn't started yet, and I reserve the right to change my opinion because John, as John, I don't know. Did John? Did you bring up Von Miller, their biggest free agent signing?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, on the, yeah. On the
2: edge, and they and they brought in um. They brought in. um Did you mention OJ Howard?
1: No, I did not mention OJ. Yeah, Howard. They, br- they
2: brought in OJ Howard, so that's mm-hmm. just another. You know, him and uh, Dawson Knox are gonna. You know, compete for the uh starting job. OJ hasn't really. Um...
1: Well, that's the expectation, right? yeah, it's, it's it, he, he, he's never been bit.
2: healthy enough for us to actually see his true potential in the first. Place. Yeah, but also it's just like you know, like that's a part of it. You know, you gotta. Play, oh, you're right. Yeah, you know all that. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say. So yeah, the Bills are the best. I I I said in our first episode, I sorry, our second episode that the Bills are one of the top five teams in the NFL. Um, But when I when I when I was doing my um my research on this, and I was looking over the New England Patriots team upcoming, right? I look at and I say, so quarterback is solid. I'm not gonna you know be you know over. Overzealous about Max' performance, he made a Pro Bowl, but he was an alternate. So, I think we can all agree he's not—he—he he wasn't actually a Pro Bowler that season. Uh, that season.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but he showed promise in his rookie season. You know, sixty-seven percent completion percentage is very high for a rookie. Almost cracked four thousand yards in a run-heavy offense, and you know, twenty-two touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. That's pretty solid for a rookie rookie QB. Uh, but I look at the running back core, and I mean, maybe it's my bias talking, but I think we have one of the deepest cores in the NFL. Oh. I think they're arguably up there, top five in the league. I mean, you got Damian Harris, was the powerhouse. Ramon J Stevenson was a sleeper in that draft last year, and he really showed up. He's he's had some uh, some issues with the with the uh, you know holding on to the rock, but that can be uh, rectified. Uh, James nobody's talk, James White's coming back off of injury, mm-hmm. and that's going to be huge for Mac Jones. James White was a security blanket for Tom Brady when he was there. He's going to be the same thing for Mac Jones. He's the best receiving back in the NFL, I believe. Um, and then this uh, small little kid, five foot six, J.J. Taylor. I, he's... He's, you're not gonna, you know, probably know that name, but I, I noticed him when he was on the Patriots team, and he didn't play a lot. But when I saw him, I just looked at him and I saw an explosive player who, even for his size, five foot six, and he doesn't really weigh that much. I think he's still under 200 pounds. Yeah. He really carries a load, and that low center of gravity—he's hard to bring down. So I really like the running back core, the receiving core. We could still use a number one receiver, but I like the depth. We just traded Nikhil Harry. So that experiment has been a massive failure in my opinion. Um, and but before, before I give it over to Justin, I, I just want to touch on the tight ends. And we can get into the rest of the team. Uh, maybe Justin wants to get into that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the tight ends, we, we we paid all that money for Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. And we really didn't see them on the field together as much as i wanted to like a la a uh, 2011 2012 and even uh some people forget 2016 with gronk and martellus bennett mm-hmm. for that one year so i really want to see more two tight end sets in uh 2022
0: so i'm, I'm with you guys both uh starting the afc east with buffalo i think they are scary man I think Josh Allen is an MVP, MVP every every year he steps on the field. As long as he's healthy and, and he can run, those legs are good. That guy's going to be escaping the pocket, making, making trouble for any, every defense that comes his way. I mean, you guys mentioned Von Miller, Roger Saffold, Jamison Crowder. I mean, I just feel like they got better. Then you add Kair Alame from the uh, first-round pick at cornerback, pair him next to Jadavius White. That defense is terrifying. And White wasn't healthy last season. So now he's coming back. God willing, he's healthy this season. Uh, the sky's the limit for Buffalo. And I'm with you guys on the Patriots being second. But I don't think it's a. Oh, we, we, haven't, touched on Miami, we haven't touched on Miami
1: yet. Yeah, we continue. haven't touched on Miami.
0: So I don't believe second place is guaranteed for New England. I think Miami has made tons of moves. I think the Jets have gotten better, while I don't believe that they're ready to go toe-to-toe for the, the first-place spot, I do think Miami and New England are going to give Buffalo fits. I think...
1: Do you want to hear Buffalo's schedule to start the year? Yeah, for sure. All of these teams, like the entire AFC is just going to be beating the absolute crap out of each other each week. So the Bills start off, week one, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs. Packers, then they finally get a relatively easy slate with the Jets in New York, the Vikings, then the Browns, week 11. Who knows if Deshaun will be playing then? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. The Lions in Detroit, New England at their place, week 13. The Jets at home, week 14. And really, after week 8, their schedule loosens up because after that Jack game, they got the Dolphins and the Bears. Those first eight games for them are an absolute test. Like, there's a good chance the Bills start the year slow, maybe like five and three or four and four, and the division to begin. Maybe Miami is first place, right up there with the Bills, because like I said, I mean you got Pittsburgh, Kansas City, at Kansas City, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Packers. I mean, those are all playoff teams right there. Start this. I think. I
2: think. I think. uh, I don't know. So. With the Dolphins, right? I, I just, I mean, I've said well, this before, we, right? I want to uh, add a
1: little bit more to your Patriot discussion. Before I, can we, you receiving yeah, I was going to jump
2: back to the Patriots. I was can just going to,
1: go ahead. I, your receiving cores. You don't have number one, but is by far one of the most deep in the NFL. Jacoby Myers, Justin, your boy. He is one of the most reliable young receivers in the game. You know what you're going to get at him. And then you add in Devontae Parker, who was hurt last year, but I think a lot of people forget in 2019, this was a dude that had 1,200 yards with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So the production has been there, I think, for the Patriots. They're not even going to ask him that he doesn't even need to get 800. You have Kendrick Bourne. Tyquan Thornton is a speedster that could take the top over a defense. And you look at what the Patriots are trying to do. The AFC East, you have on one team Tyreek Hill and Jillian Waddle, two of what, like the five to ten fastest players not- on the same team. Speed kills, and you see all the teams in the league going faster. They're trying to beat you with quickness. The Patriots see that, and all of a sudden they're taking Cole Strange in the first round. It's one of the most athletic guard prospects in the draft. A young running back, they got Pierre Strong out of North Dakota State, another guy who is quick, he's smaller they're really trying to build their offense more so predicated on speed and defensively they're starting to add more versatility so they can you know play a team like Miami balanced you know you don't have limited players on the defensive end and you have versatility where you can throw different looks out there and guys who can stay on the field do multiple coverages you can keep up I think for New England they're more prone to regression after winning 10 games last year because they are changing things up. The defense is going to look different naturally because you gave up so many different players, whether it was Kyle van all those starters that have kind of been the blueprint for them are now gone. Some of the other guys, Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, Ted Karras in the offensive line is gone. Shaq Mason, JC Jackson, one of the best I, cornerbacks in the game.
0: I actually want to touch on that. So I'm going to throw out two scores of two games, and I want you guys to guess who the Patriots are playing, up, playing against. Uh-huh. Thirty-three to twenty-one, and forty-seven to seventeen.
1: Was the first one the Houston game? No, they're both the
2: Bills game.
0: Yeah, correct. They're both the Bills game, and those are games where our defense, our secondary, was getting absolutely torched. And outside of Jabril Peppers, we brought back Malcolm Butler. You know, I
1: Kyle Duggar going into his third season, and, and,
0: and I love Kyle Duggar, but. What I'm saying is, I don't feel like our defense improved. I don't feel like we we've gotten that much better. I feel like we've gotten worse. So to say, you know, we're going to go up against that highly touted Buffalo offense, we're in trouble if we can't keep up and put up points. the The Dolphins' offense, you got Tyreek Hill, Gasecki, Waddle, and then f- forget that they added Rahe- Raheem Moster and Chase Edmonds in the backfield. They have a dynamic backfield now. They're quick. Yeah. So we. As Patriot fans, as a fan myself, I'm looking at it. I'm like,
2: dude, we need to put up
1: points. Yeah, there's Tony Michelle to the Dolphins, a guy you're familiar with.
2: So, um, Well, I just want to say for the Patriots, like, yes, the the defense is, is not looking good. Like, when I look at these cornerbacks, I, I see a bunch of small guys. You know, our tallest cornerbacks are uh, Joan Williams and Sean Wade, who both probably won't really see much uh, field time. Um, I mean, you look, our best cornerback now is Jonathan Jones. Uh, he's coming off a shoulder injury. Um, he's pretty good. He's fast, but we'll see if he can hold to the, uh, the number one cornerback. He- he that, brought up. think bu- He's always playing in the slot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, and in terms of uh, Malcolm Butler, I mean, he missed the whole season last year. He didn't play last year. Um, he's older. And when he was last seen on the Titans, he wasn't, he wasn't really like – he wasn't Malcolm Butler of yeah. old, really. He, he started showing some of his age. And the, and the rookies we took, um, uh, Marcus Jones and Jack Jones. Damn, we got a lot of Joneses in the uh, secondary for the New England Patriots. Huh? Um, Marcus Jones might not – he might see some field t- – he's 5'8". Like, that's really small. But he's – I think he's more going to be used maybe as a kick returner. Uh, Jack Jones is probably going to see maybe some more time. Um. The, the defensive ends is a big question mark for me in New England. Like, it's a big concern if going into the season we're starting with Henry Anderson and uh, the De- Dietrich Wise Jr. Dietrich, yeah, yeah, Dietrich. Sorry. Um, I-, I could see, I guess, I could see New England probably using because we have a lot of linebacking core, so I could see maybe us using more linebackers than defensive ends. Um, our defensive, uh, our interior defensive line is very good. Christian Barmore, uh or Moore, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, he really produced highly uh, in his rookie season. I mean, I just off, this is just a stat that kind of blew my mind. In 20, He was fifth in, in uh, 2021 pass rush um, uh, win rates with 17.2%. He was only behind players Aaron Donald, Hargrave from the uh, Eagles, um, Allen from Washington, and Chris Jones from Kansas City. That's pretty good company, if you that's ask. A good me. company. So, our O line is really good. Cole Strange was a like John touched on. He he was a little. He was a reach though. A lot of people he, he was a big reach. Like he was more projected late second round. It. And that's a Belichick special. He does that a lot. So maybe he he can. I I I uh, like him back to um to the Logan Mankins uh, um drafting. I mean I wasn't there, but what, what I've heard about is that he was kind of a, a reach too in that draft. Um, and we saw how logan mankins mm-hmm. turned out he i think he might probably get into the hall of fame he was a bona fide stud at the uh, guard position i know it's not sexy but he was very good protecting tom um you guys get to the dolphins right and you name all the talent and i'll agree they have all the talent in the world okay all the talent you guys touched on already um and that you guys forget uh gaseki a tight end uh raekwon davis um, Christian Wilkins, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, all these guys. They got all the talent in the world. And they, add, they added, um, you guys touch on Edmonds, um, Mostert, and Tyreek, but they also added Teron Armstead from the Saints at tackle. Mm-hmm. They added Connor Williams, a guard from uh, um, uh, Dallas, and Melvin Ingram. So they got the talent, but but you can't, but this is, goes back to the uh, the point that we were making to John when he was talking about his Steelers. I don't trust the quarterback. I don't trust his health, and I don't trust the consistent play. So, if I don't trust the quarterback, then I can't trust your team.
1: Do you want to really okay. also added to that? Oh, no, six. no.
2: Who, who else did that add? I'll, I'll
0: jump in right after Cedric you.
1: Cedric Wilson. He has consistently been another reliable receiver, and as your number three, playing off of Tyreek Hill, Andrew and Jalen Waddle going into his second season. I think that Dolphin receiving crashed you guys' the other week. Which one's better, Philadelphia or Miami? I completely didn't even realize it. I forgot that the Dolphins signed Cedric, who's better than Quez Watkins, but that is the best-receiving core in the NFL.
0: So I want to point out, sir. So I know you said uh, you don't trust the quarterback. And while I understand the question surrounding Tua, but now that you add all these weapons around him, he's not asked to do too much, literally. You can you can throw a a five-yard slant, and that thing might go 75 yards with the speed that's surrounded by him. With all this talent, why can't he make a jump quite like Jared Goff did when Sean McVay got in the fold? You know, why not?
2: There, there, there's a, I mean, he could, right? I mean, that's what he was projected to be when he was coming mm-hmm. out of college. But the major concerns and why he he dropped was why? The injury concerns. Yeah, health. And so if you're not on the field, how He's can you? He's been produce? on the
1: field. Can we talk about his head coach, Mike McDaniel, and what he did in San Francisco?
2: That might be the biggest addition he that they had this offseason. He didn't office.
1: even call plays, though. But here's the thing. You look at the way the 49ers utilized Debo Samuel and their attack and style offensively, people make a big deal about Tua not being able to reach Tyreek Hill in all of these deep routes. The reality is Tyreek Hill is one of the five best receivers in football because he can do so much more. The blazing top end speed mm. to completely his blow-by defense over the top that's just, like, the, the cherry on top. That's the knockout puncher Tyreek. You no. can do so much more. You throw him a simple slant route, he gets you an extra 8, 16, 24 yards. This is a guy who, with McDaniel, he's one of the most – labeled labels one of the most brilliant offensive minds. You think to yourself, like, what better coach could you bring in than this exact guy who consistently in San Francisco got the most out of his weapons – and to me Tyreek's better than DeBoer. But he
2: what he wasn't he wasn't calling plays though. That was the Kyle Shanahan offense.
1: Yeah, but he was a part of that and he's consistently not consistently, but he's been labeled as one of the top offensive minds in the NFL. I mean, we've seen was Nick Sirianni, I'm trying to think in Indianapolis. He wasn't calling plays and look what he did his first year in Philadelphia. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not buying Correct me it. If I am wrong. I gotta
2: I got to I got to see it to believe it. Um when he got signed, I know there was mass of upro- just like who who the hell is this guy? So that's all I know is what that's I NFL heard.
1: fans' reactions, man. I mean no, not NFL, how much fans. Did I really not say. NFL fans, Not NFL fans.
2: <clears throat> uh major major network uh television shows. Um so I mean he's gotta prove it. I mean, you, you look at Tyreek literally said himself that this is to his prove it year. I mean, he quote and quote so this is basically his last year, man, just to show people what he's got. He, he's basically saying, and what I said um, when we talked about the Dolphins on uh, a previous episode, I don't see this as the, the team saying we believe in Tua. I believe this is the front office saying, okay, show us that we were right. Prove to us you can do it. We gave you all, we've got all the talent talent's not the problem anymore. Okay. So show us. And when you tell me that a concern for me is the quarterback and the head coach, I'm out. I'm out. Well, you know, I I'm, I'm with you on the fact that
0: the quarterback's a concern. That's, that's why Teddy Bridgewater is there as the backup. You don't, you don't sign such a, a high caliber backup like that. If you don't really trust your quarterback, but I, I don't know, man. I, I I believe in Tua. I don't think he's a, a superstar quarterback at the position, but I do believe with the weapons he has, I think he has enough to just, you know, game manage his way to the playoffs, if that's not enough for them. But we'll see. Mike McDaniels is, a, is supposed to be a great offensive mind. He's coming from the Shanahan tree. So may, maybe Miami has something.
1: And, Brian, your biggest concern, too, is the injuries. He played 13 games last season.
2: Yeah, and I think
1: up, though. What's up?
2: He was always nicked up.
1: That's every quarterback, bro. How about your boy Baker? I mean, he's always nicked up as well. One thing or the but other. Then he needs to cast as well. Cuff. Well, it's always one thing with Baker. He has him, to be I've healthy. He has to have the cast. I look at Tua and I say he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. And he's, what, 24 years old. He just had his first season as a starter, and he was almost leading the NFL in completion percentage. And you have to keep in mind, last year's weapons and Devontae Parker and Will Fuller were both hurt. Were, the offensive line was absolute garbage. It was arguably the worst pass protection in the entire NFL. Now his blindside and Teron Armstead, when he stays healthy, it's a big gift with him because health is kind of his caveat. One of the best tackles in the game. Connor Williams should be a consistent starter for them. You add in a guy that started four years in Dallas. And most importantly, you don't just get consistent weapons, you get top end speed. I said before they're the best receiving core in the NFL. Cincinnati has that, but I think Miami is a close second. You know, they don't, Cedric Wilson may not be Tyler Boyd per se, but I mean, you look at the speed of all those guys. That is what's going to allow Tua to get comfortable and cozy in that, that Shanahan style offense. I think that's where the game is trending. And you look at all these offensive coordinators, a lot of them don't call plays, dude. I mean, I don't think that you just write off a, a coaching candidate. Sure, we got to see him coach and see how they look, of course. That's what matters most. But I don't think it's right to say, oh, this guy isn't deserving the job because he didn't call plays. Eric Bietamie, you know, he hasn't been hired by teams. People make a big deal about him not calling the Chiefs plays. Well, I mean, he's got Andy Reid right there. Now, when I talk about these teams' schedules in the division, it's kind of insane how they're, like, you look at three playoff teams between the Patriots, Bills, and the Dolphins. There's just no way all three of them are making the postseason. We talked about the Bills' schedule. It's really tough. And when you look at Miami's and the Patriots, it's not much easier. The Dolphins start the year, New England, Baltimore, Buffalo, at Cincinnati, at the Jets, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Detroit. Those first five, six weeks of the year we were playing basically four playoff teams, the first four weeks of the Dolphins, that, that's tough. And look at the Patriots, at a similar story. I say to myself, honestly, health and availability is it's what really going to – the division, I think it's going to be a deal-butter second or third place.
2: So what you just said right there is health and availability, and two is a major concern for that?
1: I wouldn't call it a major concern. I'd say it's uh, – no, it's a caveat, but he played most of the last season.
2: It's a, it's a major concern for me. I, I just – I mean – they, they, if, if it wasn't con- a concern for the Dolphins' front office, then why'd they bring in Teddy Bridgewater?
1: Because maybe like, one of the two best backups in the NFL. I mean, That's what I'm saying.
2: Why pay that money and bring in one of the two best million? backups in the NFL if you don't believe that your quarterback can stay healthy? Because they have invested
1: so much draft capital to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, and they want to make the playoffs. They don't want to miss it, and they get really good picks.
2: But, I but, but, you're, not, but you're not reading between the lines. There's a reason they signed him, and it's because they don't actually believe that Tua can produce or stay healthy.
1: Well, their backup last year is Jacoby Brissett.
2: Correct. Again, that's what I'm saying. So why are you bringing in these talented backup quarterbacks that have had success if you don't believe in your quarterback? Well, Jacoby
1: Brissett. I mean, he hasn't been good since his what was it? His second there so moments in John, New England. John, he's a backup. John.
2: John, are the New York Jets bringing in Teddy Bridgewater to back up Zach Wilson? No, because they believe in Zach Wilson. Josh Allen, are they bringing in a a backup, a Teddy Bridgewater to back up
1: Josh Allen? No. They brought in Case Keenum, who's really good. A really good backup. That's only like the five best back- the point is when you invest so much draft capital into something and your sites are on money now. Teddy Bridgewater is a very similar quarterback to Tua. They are very But I'm not arguing
2: against. that John. John, you're not yeah. hearing my argument. That's not my argument. I agree with you. My argument is they bring him in because they don't believe in their starting quarterback.
1: Or maybe they just want to be assured of their backup in the event he gets hurt. Because yeah, there's a potential any but quarterback I, I, gets hurt. I think
0: <laughs> I think it's fair that it can be both. No, why not? No. I, Just, I think they're they're skeptical of injury and they and you know you need that good plan B. If if Tua goes down, okay, we have a, a, a suitable person at quarterback. And then on the other hand, it's also okay, what if this guy sucks? Then at least we know what we're getting with but Tua that's with what uh, I'm saying pathetic, is that you know?
2: the front office doesn't believe in him.
0: I, well, I mean, I don't think anybody has believed in him for a while. Brian, 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 Flo, Brian Flores didn't believe in
1: him. Well, no, they, they it. did just give Tua everything that he needs. It's and now we, on him. He's got and, really good running backs, awesome yes. receivers. and Thank you. One of the best defenses in the NFL, too. Yeah. With the, with the coach, by the way, who's offensive-minded, he's talked about very highly. Lots of Yeah, there's so much for him to to show this year. In a way, even though it's only a second year starting, this is a make or break it year for him.
0: Well, I, I think looking at their offense, this is set up for a quarterback to succeed. If he fails with the weapons they have, it is very clear that he is not the guy. And it and honestly, you can find yourself any one of the top you could throw a Kirk Cousins in that offense and they would thrive. Uh there's so many other quarterbacks out there. I mean, didn't we mention Baker at one point? I didn't. Like you could have thrown him in that offense. I, I really find it hard to believe that he's going to fail in this. I don't think it's going to be a Jurassic failure. It, it should.
1: I think the floor is pretty high. I just think the ceiling is lower. Like uh-huh. to me, the the floor for this team is. I can't see them winning less than eight games. I think they're a safe bet to win nine, maybe ten, and I I would say eleven or twelve, but. Yeah, keep in mind, they're playing the Bills and the Patriots twice and the Jets as well. That's no longer, you know, a crappy team you could just beat the, the tar out of. I mean, the Jets, are, I mean, they're good. So. Or they're they're improving. The Jets, they're competitive. Not good.
2: For me, like I said, my first statement was I prefaced my comments. I just, I mean, for how good everybody talked about the Bills being last year and Josh Allen had this – I think even Justin said Josh Allen should have been the MVP last year. It's kind of crazy that they they only finished one game above New England in the division, and Josh Allen actually had a worse year than he did the previous year. His completion percentage dropped six points. Yards went down. Touchdowns went down. Interceptions went up by, I think, five. QBR dropped by, like, I think, 16 points off the top of my head. That's a down year. Are we going to see another regression? we just saw Stefan Diggs not show up in the AFC championship game when that was a complete, um, uh, shootout and the number one receiver paying all this money to didn't show up.
1: Well, to be fair, that's because Gabriel Davis was able to, to thrive off of.
2: Yeah. But John, what was the, what was the final score of that game? High thirties?
1: 36, 42. I'm looking at it right
2: now. Okay. So thank you. And do you, at, if, I told you at the, if I told you before the game, this game is going to be 42-36, it's going to be a shootout, it's going to be an offensive heavy game, and I told you Stephon Gilmore is not going to, sh- I mean Stephon Dix is not going to show up, you would slap me across my face and say you're crazy.
1: Yeah, he did only have seven yards.
2: Thank you. Like that like come on, in a shootout,
1: I could understand Davis if it was had, a low four touchdowns. Davis had four, I but a I could game.
2: understand if it was a low scoring game and you don't show up, but it was a shootout, yeah, and they are known for passing the ball they really re- I feel like they really refuse to run the ball with their running backs, and that just goes back to um I have this written down this goes back to that the 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 crazy New England Bills game with the terrible weather where Mac Jones threw the ball, I think four times the whole game mm-hmm. it was fourteen to ten. And the Bills still refuse to run the ball. The Patriots ran it 38 times to so the Bills' 19. They refuse to get out of their own way, and I think that will be their downfall. I the can running easily, game, huh? The running game. No, them refusing to run the ball.
0: Well, Josh Allen's the runner in the postseason. Devin Singletary at, at towards the tail end of the season, he really emerged. So.
1: No, he's, if, still,
2: he's talented. I'm not saying he's talented. I'm saying they don't run the ball as much as they should. got to run the ball enough. I'm with you. They use, they use Josh Allen more. And that goes back to my point that I stated in a previous episode. That's not that's not going to build to a long career if you keep doing that. Go ask any of the court running quarterbacks that did that. Where are they now?
0: Uh, well, you know, well, you know what? So we, we spent a lot of time talking about Miami and Buffalo, but – while we, I think we all agree that the Jets are, are the last place team in this division, I do think they made some massive improvements in the offseason. I think they they had a big-time draft, three first-round picks. You know, you bring in Sauce Gardner, you bring in Garrett Wilson, and name is slipping me, Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson, defensive end. They, they absolutely won the first round of that draft. Zach Wilson is still a talented quarterback. He has great arm talent. They've improved the O-line a bit. I hate the Jets, so I, I hate to pick on my cousins and say the J-E-T-S means just endure the suffering, but <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe, it's coming to an end. Maybe, maybe that, you know, things have changed in New England. We don't know how long Bill Belichick has. Uh, Miami on, on. seems to be turning the tide. There, right I'm not there, wait, saying – listen, I'm not no, saying like, the Jets are going to be a first place.
2: No, 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 no. I got to cut you off with the okay. Bill thing. Bill's going to be here for a while, I think. I, I hope you're right. What's, what, what does Bill do in his off season? He plays golf. And hangs he doesn't out have he, a life outside of football. And he Fishing. hangs he out with in the Nike. Boat. Nike the door. Huh? He goes in the boat, yeah, right? But he doesn't need the boat during the regular season because he's so committed to football. He, Bill dives in. He He's going to be here for a while. I think maybe over five years. I definitely think. I mean, uh, you know, praying for his health, you know, stays good and all that. But, you know, because he's getting up there in age. But I think as long as he can coach, he's gonna coach. That's that's what I just believe. Uh, I, and for the Jets, I hope you're right. Yeah, for the Jets, what you said, they had the best draft this year. Yes, they won the first round. I think they won the whole draft though, entirety. They're, that running back, I forget. Bruce what Hall. Uh,
1: Bruce Hall. I said Harrell. Chris Hall out of Iowa State.
2: Yeah, the running back. He's a he a sleeper in the second round, but. Not many people are, are going to, like, know that name, but he, he watch out for him in the regular season. Possibly a fantasy pick if you want to, you know, take my advice. I was in my championship league last year. I should have won. I got robbed. <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. But I I, I, I don't see the Jets making the uh, the jumps this year. I think Zach Wilson has all the talent in the world. I saw the arm talent. He's got the arm talent, but he needs to, to, to develop as a quarterback in this league.
0: Oh, he also needs and, protection because the guy never had time to throw the football either. Yeah, so that
2: that that too. But I also think he does. He needs to because de- in that first Patriots game, he was making terrible rookie decisions. Terrible. So he's he trust- also
1: catching the ball too, which gonna help him. Yes,
2: I, I was actually also, at that game. He, I know he trusts his arm way too much, and that can get him in trouble a little bit, as we can oh see with Pat- with uh, Patrick Mahomes a little bit. I mean, yeah. You can say this was a down season, but he still had a great season. But you saw some uh, uh, some errors he was making, and it's because he trusts his arm a lot. And when you do that, and you don't focus on the fundamentals, you start to learn, like Patrick Mahomes did later in the year. Fundamentals are are better than you know insane arm talent doing no looks and closing your eyes and throwing at your left hand and whatever. But I think the young talent has a lot to prove in uh, New York. They got some good veterans, but there's no real game changer, so I just don't see the jump uh this year or really in the near future right now. You know what I think I Garrett
1: Wilson? Oh. You go for it.
0: No, that's what I was gonna say. I, I think Garrett Wilson combined with Elijah Moore, and now he has a security blanket and CJ Uzama. You add those running backs. I I don't know, man. I, I, I just I hate I to think... say it, but I, I really do think the Jets have a the nice young core. Yeah, but in the offensive line is so is so much about
1: Lakin and Tomlinson yeah. from San Francisco. Uh, they drafted uh, Elijah Vera Tucker last year at guard. You yeah, I have I so Becton, who'll be healthy. The offensive line is being filled out. Last year he had a ten percent sack rate. The only quarterbacks or the only quarterback with a higher one was Justin Fields who played only half the season. That is insane. And you look at what the offensive line is becoming. I say to myself, it's it's going to be solid. You have two legitimate backs in Brees Hall and Michael Carter where. I think, Briss, all of these guy kind of reports say he can be three down back. But if Michael Carter, he showed last year, he can be one of the most dynamic receiving bats. He can take it as a runner. There's so many weapons for Zach. And I think, similar to Tua, this is a year for him where he's going to need to show the, the improvement. He's going to need to take not just one, but two steps forward because last year he was terrible. But look at all those rookie quarterbacks outside. My boy, Davis Mills, not my boy, Joker with y'all, and Mac Jones. I mean, they're awful. Mac or Zach had a few good weeks against the Titans. That was his biggest moment, but he barely completed half his passes at fifty-six percent, and he was just had a terrible rookie year. A lot of which cut the offensive line and their weapons. Yeah. Corey Davis and Elijah Moore were both hurt, both on IR to end the season. But he has a lot to to learn from last year. I think he could take that, and with, with all the new weapons coming in, maybe Denzel Mims can show some progression. He's kind of in the uh, Nikhil Harry Campbell receivers currently. <laughs> There's so many different options for this Jets offense, and I feel really good about it, even with Corey Davis being healthy. And Garrett Wilson, man, I think that was a pretty darn good pick.
0: Yeah, no, the AFC East, I think we're going to have a way different conversation about the outlook of this division come next year.
1: Yeah, in 2023. It really does depend on, I think, the two most important people deciding that. One, Zach Wilson. And two Tua, maybe call me crazy. Maybe the third is the Patriots Q being Fox. Yeah, to I, five. I was
0: gonna say Mac Jones. Yeah, I do think if he takes a huge, if he takes a big next step. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of players, whether it's in any sport, you know, they go through that sophomore slump, and and that's what I'm worried about. Do we have enough? You know, who's the clear all offensive mind up in New England? Who who's calling the plays for us? Is is Matt Patricia and and the boys and Joe Judge really?
1: Is Joe the quarterbacks coach? Who is? I have no idea who the offensive coordinator is. But. We
2: don't have an offensive coordinator. No. Yeah, the
1: It's the Patriots. They probably have what? Maybe it's like a. Who knows? How is Brian Hoyer still on the Patriots on the side now?
0: Maybe Brian Hoyer. Brian maybe is going to have his number coach. retired, man.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. He had that one game where the Chiefs were uh, just one of the worst quarterback performances I've ever seen in twenty twenty. Neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I think for Mac. You know, you have all those weapons. I think I have a hard time seeing him have a sophomore slump because the weapons are much better. I think for Zach, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a better year, though, than the Mac this year, just because he's going to have the healthy weapons, the offensive line will be much improved. And like, what if Zach Wilson is actually good this season? Like, he was terrible last year. What if he's like solid and he has some weeks where he throws to 300 yards and doesn't have more than one turnover? this Jets team could win 7 or 8 games. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all.
0: So they'll that, be I in they'll teams, be in their games. I don't think they'll win 7 to 8 games, but no. they'll be in them. They'll be there.
2: For me yeah. with um with Mac, I mean you guys know cuz we were talking about it as it was, you know, right after it happened, you know, when we all went to um uh CSP together. We talked about uh, Mac Jones. We talked about my feelings of Mac Jones getting drafted, and I wasn't very high. Um, and I, I wanted him to show me, you know, what he's got. Now, I'm not going to say I'm a Mac believer now, but he sh- he showed me that he's he was definitely the most NFL-ready quarterback of that draft class. Right. Um, and he showed me he's competent. He's a good leader. He's got a winning mentality. He's got all the characteristics you want in a franchise quarterback, which is in here, which you can't teach. You're just born with. Um, I know he's going to get compared to Tom all the time. I won't compare him to Tom because there's just, you can't do that. But with Mac, I think he can be a very solid quarterback for us. I do. I stand by my statement that I think we win a championship in the next five years.
1: What makes um, you think I think that? What do you think is going to raise your ceiling high enough to do that without Tom Brady
2: in the next five years? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the team we got right now, I mean, yes, there's some weaknesses, but there's, I mean, like I said, quarterback is solid, running backs are really good and deep, receiving core is deep. Even deeper, I, probably. Even deeper. He's like four or five I, tight ends. We have two, two. I would argue, Pro Bowl caliber, starting caliber uh tight ends. O line is really good. uh Defensive interior defensive line is is really good. Defensive ends are concerned, but like I said, I think we can probably use the linebackers that we have the depth at to re- uh, replace that production. Corners have a lot to prove. They're undersized, but Bills defensive schemes are genius, so. Maybe he can work around that. The safeties are very solid. I think we can make a move in the next five years. Like, let's say, you know, in the midseason or four games into the season, we make a move. I don't know who, I don't have any top off uh, off the top of my head, but there's some moves that can be made by New England. Bill's always known for making these surprising moves out of nowhere. I mean, back when we were, we looked like we were struggling in the defensive backfield, who did he go trade for? to lead. Then Akeem yeah. leaves, and guess who comes available and comes to New England? Durrell Rivas we've seen bill make these moves. So the next, I,
1: next guy, Stefan Gilmore from Buffalo. Yeah. And
2: that was a couple of years later. So, I mean, in bill, we trust in bill. I trust. And I'm ready. Like I said, I reserve the right to change my opinion. I, I think new England is a live player to win this division, seeing how it uh played out last year. So
1: I cannot wait to watch Jabril Peppers and the Patriots. And it's not kind I like the Patriots, not because I want to watch them. Nope. But he is along with Kyle Dugard. Those safeties that are versatile, they can play in the box, they can do so many different things in different packages with Pats. And Jabril only played five or six games last year due to injuries. But I say, man, that's a player who's been a starter for five years, been on a few different teams. Super athletic. You guys lost Gunnar Olszewski to my Pittsburgh Steelers. He can also return kicks and punts. In high school, he was number two ranked recruit behind only Leonard for net for like the 2014 uh, recruiting class. I think in New England, Jabril Peppers is going to have a career year.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know what is Bill Belichick has up his sleeve. He's putting a one-year deal to prove a contract for Jabril coming yep. up injury. I really think that is one of the, maybe not the X factors, I think Cal Duker is a better prospect and he has more upside, but those two CATs specifically, I look at them and I say, the Patriots, they're looking for defensive versatility in this division, and I think that will be what sets their defense apart from the rest as and these years go by.
2: The, uh, you still have the captain in the backfield, uh, Devin McCourty. So There's... as long as he's there, he's the veteran, uh, veteran leader of that defense. Uh, and I, I, sh- I should have touched on – I mean, jabiel Peppers, man, when he was coming out of college to the NFL, I looked at him and I said that is a prototypical to, uh, Bill Belichick player right there on defense. Versatile. Can do a lot on defense. I, I love I love the signing. I love it. I hope we can sign him long term because I think he's gonna have major success, like, like John said. Um one player who's a free agent right now that I also would really like, who's um out of the College of Alabama, is Landon Collins, who I think yeah. is another uh prototypical Bill Belichick player. Not very he's He's not the best in pass coverage. I understand that, but he can be a very good hybrid safety to line up in the box as a linebacker and do some pretty solid t- things. And I think people forget he made an All-Pro team. I forget off the top of my head if it was first or second, but he's he's
1: he he he's shown first team,
2: yeah twice he 15. first team. So he's shown the potential to be a great player. You put him in the right scheme with the right coach, I think it's a match made in heaven.
0: Here's another big storyline from the AFC East that I'm just happy about. So I'll let this, I'll say this before we move on to the next topic. Nikhil Harry experiment over. Did you guys know Jacoby Myers and Hunter Henry last year? They had more yards than Nikhil Harry has in his entire stint with the Patriots in that one year last season.
2: Not surprised.
0: I'm happy that's over. Yep. Yep. But let's have some fun, guys. Yo, let's let's redraft the twenty fourteen NFL draft.
2: All right. So how are we how are we gonna do this? Who's who's who, gonna who go has for? The who the number one pick? Do we so have we're doing first first the first ten
1: half? picks, yeah. and one of us, I guess, the person that gets the first pick. Are we gonna let the number one pick guy get also the tenth in that extra fourth selection? And the other two people have three. We got we got odd numbers here to work with. We'll
2: we'll, we'll fight for the tenth pick. We all just you want your
1: rock paper scissors?
2: Maybe we can all give our tenth. pick. Yeah, we'll all give it. it.
1: Yeah, we'll do it together. Okay. We'll who wants
2: first pick? Who's are we? What are we doing here? Can we do
1: rock paper scissors on here?
2: Oh, uh, right, let's do yeah. it. Let's go. Let's do it. Ready? Rock,
0: paper, scissors, shoot. No, 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 I don't see. I don't play rock paper scissors like that. Nah, see, I'll cheat. It, it. It's rock paper scissors. Say. Shoot. Uh, hold on, I got a quarter.
1: For me, it's rock paper scissors. say shoot. Yeah, that's and how. That sounds My it's my, my finger, my hand was kind of low, so you couldn't see my upward finger. I was making the scissor. All, right, place, all hey.
2: right, this is all between right. uh, this is between John and Justin. John, call it in the air. Ready? Since why heads. are you at the top heads. of the bracket? It's Heads. Heads. Okay. No, I don't. I don't want to. You it between you guys. So, John, do you want first pick or you want Justin to go I first? I want the first pick. Okay, you go, and then Justin, you'll go second, and then I'll go third.
1: So we we're having issues before with our uh, our drafts um, sounds, but we're gonna play in posts. With the first overall pick, I'm not even thinking about this. Basically, before we start, I'm going to give you all 30 seconds on the clock. The 2014 draft, let's just talk about it first before I actually give my first overall pick. I was ready to immediately dive in. This class was definitely very strange, like any draft class, but it was also absolutely stacked at the top. You have Aaron Donald, Giovanni and Clowney, the first overall pick. I mean... I think looking back now, it's kind of crazy. Donald, when I picked 13 to the Rams, the rims actually had a pick number two. That player is no longer in the NFL. And it's funny how the draft works. You can absolutely nail one selection, not even come close to sniffing the other one. Uh, there's also, this is one of the best receiving draft classes in recent memory. You have Devontae Adams at Fresno State, OBJ, Sharpest Landry, both out of LSU, Mike Evans, made Johnny Manziel first round pick. He, he's my boy, i would be honest. Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks, Martavis Bryant, Kelvin Benjamin, Sammy Watkins. <laughs> I mean, this was an absolutely loaded class at the receiver position. Anything else you guys would like to add? Any players, any notes before we jump right on in? I'll get top 10 picks.
0: You mentioned Kelvin Benjamin. That's a name that I remember after his first season, I was like, man, this guy's going to explode with Cam Newton. And it exploded, but not in the oh, good way. Yeah. Not in the good
2: way. A little beef.
0: What a shame, man. The kid, the kid had so much talent, too. All right, we'll keep going. Started it off, Johnny
2: boy.
1: But, so let me read off the picks. The first overall pick, the Texans, they took Giovanni and Clowney. The second pick from Washington. I think it was the, the RG3 trade. The St. Louis Rams took Greg Robinson. The third pick, the Jaguars took Blake Bortles at UCF. Nice pick. With the fourth overall pick, the Bills, using the Brown selection, who moved from number four to number nine, the Bills selected Sabby Watkins at uh, Clemson. Yeah. With the fifth pick, the Rams took Khalil Mack at Buffalo. Raiders. I said the Rams. With the fifth pick, the Raiders took Khalil Mack. The sixth pick, the Falcons took Jake Matthews, offensive tackle. Seventh pick, Tampa Bay went Mike Evans. Eighth, Cleveland, they swapped with the with the Vikings who had the 8th pick. They used it on Justin Gilbert, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Ninth overall pick, which was the Brown selection, the Minnesota Vikings took Anthony Barr. And with the last pick of the top 10, the Detroit Lions took Eric Ebron. As a Steeler fan, boy, am I glad And there and I to watch him play for my team again. <laughs> Moving on. I had the first overall pick, John Post. With the first overall pick in the 2014 NFL Drafts, The Houston Texans select Aaron Donalds out of the University of Pitt.
0: That is so easy. No brainer. That's that.
1: We're talking about a player who was an absolute killer at Pitt. And he comes into the NFL and immediately, literally, first year in the NFL, not only defensive rookie of the year and a Pro Bowler, but this was a guy who had nine sacks. 16 games. You don't see it. Or 12 stars. That's, that's pretty crazy. The following season in 2015. All pro. Next season. All pro. And the year since. He won defensive player of the year. In three of the next four seasons. That is nuts. And it's when. Within. I can't speak. Within eight years. Almost half of those seasons. He's won defensive player of the year. Now as a Steelers fan will admit in 2020. It was very close between him and TJ Watt. I wasn't really sure who should have won. But let me tell you, man, when it comes to defensive tackles, this is the best one I have ever seen in my lifetime. He is just an absolute game changer in the middle. And like, this is the Patrick Mahomes of defensive players. Back at CSB, we are talking to our boy, Bert, about it. And football right now, eight years later, even at the age of 31 years old, I don't think there's a single defensive player who can shapeshift defense the way Aaron Donald can in the middle. And... I still think, going to his ninth year, this is the best defensive player in football. And that's with some of the best edge rushers we've ever seen. TJ Watch has tied Michael Strahan for the Sacks record. Miles Garrett is another guy in his division who is just unstoppable. And look at all those defensive game changers who are years younger than Donald, by the way. And even still, Super Bowl champion. He only played six years in the 2010s. He made the All-2010s team. Eight time pro Boiler, seven time all pro. He he's just an absolute force. And considering the fact he is a pit alma matter, the Houston Texans will pair him up with JJ Watts. Can you imagine, imagine that.
0: that? Imagine that. Holy cow. Alright. It's 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 it I think it's my pick
1: now. The second overall pick.
0: Uh, but at the time, St. Louis Rams. So it's very easy. I, I could have went a lot of a lot of ways, but looking at the uh Rams roster back then, they're missing one big thing. A quarterback.
2: No, you're not. Oh my I, god. No, it's no, not. I, I have to I have to jump. I, I
0: have to skip Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah. And I have to get me a signal caller, man. I have to. This man just signed a big-time, three-year, hundred-and-something-million-dollar extension with the Raiders. Bring Derek Carr to St. Louis. Put him with – wasn't Jeff Fisher at the time? Yeah. So, I'm going with Derek Carr. Mr. D.C. They had Austin Davis under center that time. So, come on. You need a quarterback. There's not so much that Khalil Mack could do if he's walking into that. So, I'm going with Derek Carr. I don't got to go on no speech about it. They don't have one. Think about it. If you were in their
1: shoes, why wouldn't you take a quarterback?
2: Because he's not a second-pick-worthy quarterback.
1: But when you're talking about the most important position in all sports, you can reach for that if you know, hey, you're getting yourself – not only a pro bowler, but a guy who in some years can even not only lead to the class, maybe even make maybe all proud.
0: call me crazy. But you are, you guys. Crazy, already know man. it. Listen, when we did, you're when we broke down man. our top, when we broke down our top 10 quarterbacks, Derek Carr was on my list. Yeah, I got love
1: because
2: your you're a crazy man. It's
0: you're been right. An
1: MVP discussion, my man. Third year in the game, 2016. I think
0: you got to put some respect on the Derek Carr.
1: 2016? Yeah seven it was six years ago you see what he did this last season taking a team with a no head coach he lost his uh his vertical x factor hunter renfro was his main guy and he had no problem taking to the postseason whatever Uh,
0: the the raiders took Derek Carr in the second round i mean i should have
2: expected it from john to throw a whole wrench into this draft but i get what it's justin who throws this wrench Oh, I'm going to take Derek Carr right. with the second pick of the draft just because we well, need a quarterback. Look at this. Look at this. All right. Quarterbacks
0: taken in the first round of the 2014 draft were Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, and Teddy Bridgewater.
2: No, I'm not arguing but that he's better take... than all okay. three of them. I'm saying he's not second pick of the draft worthy. Well, guess what, bud?
1: we more valuable pick. at the end. <laughs> He's got
2: a point. He's got a very good point. Okay, he's got a very good point. He's got a very good point. No, he doesn't. Have okay, just take the best player available, and Khalil Mack was the best player available. Now you can have him with a. You can have him because guess what?
1: When I'm in the playoffs with a quarterback, you, you can. Yeah, you
2: think the St. Louis Rams? They make it okay.
1: He just took a much. He just took a trash. Raiders All right. team around. Now I got it. Now I got to
2: decide because Justin obviously has to throw the wrench into the game plan. Of... Who...
0: So you're going with Khalil Mack, number
1: three. Well, his quarterbacks are Blaine Gabbert and Chad Henney, so that's gonna no. kind of really take. You no, know I'm gonna
2: take. I'm gonna take. Jimmy G, a... huh? Jimmy, Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um so it's a toss-up between Khalil Mack and I think I'm gonna go with the guy that I, that I that I put there on my list before Justin threw a wrench and everything. Um Zach Martin. So with the third pick in the 2014 NFL draft, redraft, Jacksonville Jaguars select Blake but Bo- no 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 more Blake Bortles, Zach Martin offensive guard. Okay, this guy has been Probably the best guard in the NFL since he's been drafted. The guy made a first-team All-Pro in his rookie year. Okay, he's been a first-team All-Pro five times, a second-team All-Pro two times, and a seven-time Pro Bowler. And like John said about AD, who is in the 2010 All-Decade um team for the NFL, so is Zach Martin. All right, never missed a game. He's played 120 out of 120 games. He's a bona fide Hall of Famer. Probably first ballot. I'm going Zach Martin.
1: Okay. Out of really Notre
0: Dame, I won't fight that.
1: With with uh, Travis Frederick and some of those guys, he really was the the blueprint of that Cowboys offensive line. Yeah. <sighs> well, Jimmy G is got a lot of success. In... Okay. So with pick. the fourth overall pick, I had the Buffalo Bills. I'm in a dilemma. So we just took EJ Manuel as a rookie. He couldn't even complete 60% of his passes. Kyle Orton, in fact, would actually start more games than him. At the same time, we have just about no talent on our offense. And though the Bills were remarkably able to win some games this last season in 2013, we really just need a franchise quarterback.
2: No, you're not. He's not going to do it. He's joking. He's, he's
1: desperately sure we won six games doug marone's in the hot seat too i mean two years and the last two or is this was his first year excuse me but he's only got maybe one more year in. the job and who knows at that point maybe they had to as an organization scramble to a coach like rex oh my Ryan.
2: god just get on with so, it you don't, you're not gonna say it you're not
1: with the fourth overall pick in the 2014 NFL redraft, the Buffalo Bills are going with the Buffalo product himself, Khalil Mack.
2: Thank you. Oh.
1: We know one thing for sure. It's that Jimmy G and Teddy Bridgewater are just a stopgap. They're, they're a bridge. And the, the opportunity to get a guy from Buffalo who... It's going to be an absolute wrecking ball on the edge for the next seven years. And we can really just build our defense around that. The offense is going to be hot trash. What are we going to do? Throw a quarterback into the mix? When his only weapons are Sammy Watkins, a young Robert Woods, and Marquise Goodwin? I don't think so. We'll wait another year. We'll win, you know, seven games with Khalil Mack. We'll hire Rex Ryan after a year with him. We'll find our, our, our proper head coach and the right quarterback. Right now we're going with the best player available. And that wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Okay. So what I have now Oakland. Oakland is now on the clock, right? Going back back. Yep. Oakland is now on the clock. <laughs> I'm taking with this pick, the fifth pick in the in this twenty fourteen redraft. I'm going with the most unguardable wide receiver in the NFL today, Devontae Adams. The most crisp route runner you'll ever see. The guy's open like 24-7, man. He's 7-11. He's open all day. So I love the guy. Devontae Adams is an absolute stud. He's, uh, if you're a fantasy player, you know damn well you can always count on your points from this guy because he's always going to show up. Uh As long as him and 12 were were on the field, they were balling together. Now, I know this is a different story because I'm taking him in Oakland, and I already gave up Derek Carr to the St. Louis Rams, but I guess they'll find a quarterback to feed this guy the ball.
1: So I've got a question <laughs> for you. Between Matt Flynn, Bay product, Matt McGloin, and T- Terrell Pryor, which one of them is going to be throwing the football to him?
0: Matt Flynn, baby.
1: Yeah, he's Matt, really going to struggle, ain't he?
0: Matt Flynn. Well, I mean, then we tank, and then we go for the quarterback in
1: 2015. <laughs> Quarterback's a is Oh, Jeez, I would have just said, so, you know what? We'll trade back, Well, we can't really do that in this scenario. Maybe James White.
2: All right, here we go.
1: Here we go. Here we go.
2: Number six. Number six. My boy, Baker Mayfield, with the sixth pick in the 2014 NFL redraft, the Atlanta Falcons select, oh, God, I hope I can say his last name, Joel Betonio, Betonio. offensive guard out of Nevada. All right. Now, maybe some people might say, oh, there's some other better players that they're going to take. But I'm I'm going also off of, listen, the Falcons that year, they also took Jake Matthews. They obviously were searching for the offensive guard because this is back when they were had the Super Bowl aspirations. They had the quarterback. They had the receivers. they had to Now they were trying to project, uh, protect Matt Ryan. And I just think Joel um, Bet- Betonio. Does anybody know how to say that? Am I saying that right? Yeah, you're saying it correct. Okay, Betonio. It, he's better than Jake Matthews. I mean, he he made a first-team All-Pro. He's been 3 times second-team All-Pro and a, a four-time Pro Bowler. So you put that in there, I think he's instantly better than Jake Matthews. So I think that's kind of a, a no-brainer for the Atlanta Falcons in, in that in their current spot in
1: 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, so uh, Buccaneers GM here. What you guys take on Mike Glennon coming off of his rookie season?
0: Mike Lennon wasn't bad in his root year.
1: 59% completion percentage. Eh, 200 yards a game. It was pretty bad.
0: I mean, from what I remember, he was kind of thrusted in an impossible position.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be really bad. I'm starting to realize that right now. Oh, boy. Okay. So, we're going to do him a solid. Yep. yep. We're going to build around him. Until we can ultimately get a top pick in the 2015 NFL Draft. Which doesn't really look uh, too much better with Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. But we're going to go offense here. You look at this team's receivers. and yeah, Vincent Jackson. May he rest in peace. But he's at a stage in his career where it's really his last couple of seasons. And though he just had 1,000 yards. He's already 31 during 32. After him, we got Tim Wright, Tyquan Underwood, and Mike Williams. Yeah, so we need a receiver badly, and we're going to go with the best playmaker in this draft, Odell Beckham Jr. out of LSU, number seven overall. We need to get a guy who can make it easy for Mike Hunt, can just make plays and make this team exciting, and look at a guy that's going to be marketable. He's going to be a lot of fun for the fans, but he's also going to be an absolute stud when he comes into the league. Odell's first three years, thirteen hundred yards, fourteen fifty, thirteen sixty-seven. You don't see that every day, and I think you put him in a place where, hey, he's going to be our main man. He gets to learn from Vincent Jackson as well. There's two receivers, Tip Bay has a electric playmaker at number seven.
0: So I might get some some heat for this one in Cleveland, but look. look. But looking at the roster, my quarterback is Brian Hoyer.
2: Oh my god! Please no.
0: Listen, bro, he's not bad. He's a winner. He's a winner. Oh, I'm god. not. I'm not. I'm not just going best available, man. I'm. I'm. I'm looking for the my, the face of my franchise, <laughs> and I gotta go with porn star Jimmy. Jimmy G, man. Jimmy oh, G, <laughs> Yo, you need a quarterback. Can, under we, center, can
1: we do this pick?
0: Do you...
2: <laughs> it's a, ter- it? a terror. <laughs> you'd be a terrible GM. You'd be a terrible GM. We need a quarterback, man. What do you? What do you want to do? There's like 14 players I would take before okay. Jimmy G. You know what? You're right.
0: But I, if I'm going best available, fine. I'll erase the Jimmy G pick. Thank best you. available. Wait, you can't I, do that
1: now. You already made the pick.
0: No, no, no. I didn't didn't submit the card to him. Oh, yes, you did. (laughs) I I did not
1: give him the card. No, there's a a 10-second cutoff point. You passed that. You voted Jimmy G. Yes, stick to your guns. You gotta stick to your guns. This is your pick. You went there. Roger Goodell is already
0: at the stage, bro. All right, I'm just going to defend Jimmy G. Listen, Jimmy G with New England, he, he stepped into a situation. He won. He walked into San Francisco. He stepped into that situation. He won and led them to a Super Bowl appearance. Uh every every chance that he's been healthy, he's led his team to wins. He may not be the quarterback that's gonna make the sexy play. Sure, he'll get under your skin sometimes and get you annoyed, but at the end of the day, he wins. And maybe it's just this infectious attitude that he brings, but his whenever he's in the under center, it seems like they're winning. He plays winning football. It like I said, he's not Deshaun Watson, he's not Josh Allen, he's not Tom Brady, but if I can get me a quarterback that's going to win me some games, you take him. Wow. Did I do that okay? Did I defend Two wrenches.
2: Him? Just, just – you threw two wrenches. I mean, you just
1: – He's going to sink to the bottom of the ocean in Cleveland, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> well, at least we know Justin will never be an NFL GM. Wasn't
0: right. Cleveland rumored to have wanted to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo when, when New
2: England was shopping him? Well, I'm sure they would take anyone. Taking him with the eighth overall pick. Um,
1: yeah, there are some pretty good. Like I passed up on Mike Evans, who's had a thousand yards in every single year of his career together. That's him what back. I was
2: gonna say. Is I think Tampa would have went with Mike Evans, just stuck with it because he's been so consistent and no injuries, no drama. He's just been standard of consistency, but you know, you want Odell. Um. Okay. So. Oh, my God. Why do I have to suffer the wrenches being thrown into mine? But with the ninth pick in the 2014 NFL redraft, the Minnesota Vikings select Mike Evans, wide receiver. And like John just said before I I made my pick, this man has played, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, every year, 1,000 yards. And one of those years, he only played 13 games and still had 1,100 yards. So think if he would have played three more games, he would have had probably his career year. I mean, um, second-team All-Pro, Super Bowl champion now, four-time Pro Bowler. I think he's very underrated, actually. Um, He's just been a model of consistency. I mean, there's nothing you can – I mean – Yeah, you can nitpick and say he's not the fastest receiver, but that's not the game he plays. He's a physical receiver. He goes and gets the ball. He makes the tough catches. So I think the Minnesota Vikings would uh, be glad to welcome Mike Evans into their locker room.
1: Now, like Devontae and Mike Glennon, you know, or no, Devontae and Odell, Odell, because he has Mike Glennon. Those quarterbacks are pretty trash, but you guys are familiar with this quarterback. Matt Cassell and Christian Pondra throwing the football to Mike Evans. So I actually have a little bit more faith there, though it's, you know, next to none. Christian Pondra, he a sick last name. So coming out of the 2011 draft, as always a fan. Sick. Yeah, I was an eight year old kid at the time, too. I mean, Matt Cassell, that's a veteran. He made a Pro Bowl a couple of years before. Mike Mike Evans isn't going to an absolute dumpster fire for Mike Lennon, so that's all. Now at the tenth overall pick, we're we're working collaboratively here. Now I know Chester <laughs> using this. He would he would dart to make um Gonna ruin it. To make Teddy Bridgewater yeah, yeah, the Lions' sure. we next Select
0: like Johnny Manziel. I, I, was, thinking I was thinking Tom Savage.
2: Let's go Johnny Manziel. Let's just do it. So the Lions, it.
1: the Lions have Matthew Stafford their franchise quarterback, obviously, and in twenty fourteen. Yeah, I mean, he's been at this now for for a while. Uh, you know, they're coming off a seven to nine season, and obviously you have Calvin Johnson, you have Reggie Bush, but you say to yourself, do we just do everything we can to add a little bit more in here? Even Joy Cabell, he got uh, over a hundred or eleven hundred fifty yards in the twenty thirteen season. So they got receivers at the backfield too. But to me, I'm, I'm looking around. Nate Burleson's all number two. Can we add a little more talent there? we, we got Robinson on the board. Even Martavis Bryant. Can you imagine Martavis Bryant playing <laughs> off of Calvin Johnson as number two? Matthew Stafford would be an awesome fit with him. I could also go Taylor Luan, an offensive tackle. I think that's a safe pick. Corey Lindsley at center.
2: Do you want to know who I would go with? Let's hear it. My, my pick, and I had him written down, he's still available. And as I think you said, I, I looked at this team a little bit, and I just said, okay, so this was the year that Matt Stafford really had that really solid team around him. If you really look at, at the totality of the team, I mean, mm-hmm. on the D-line alone, they had Ziggy Ansaw, um, Nick Farley, and Dominican Sue in his prime, and mm-hmm. probably some other couples that I'm forgetting, a couple people I'm forgetting. For a really solid team. So I think at this point, they the, again, just like the Atlanta Falcons, they're trying to protect their quarterback. So I would go, um, I would have went offensive lineman and I would have went uh, Trey Turner. Hmm.
1: You know, I would make Corey Lindsley has just been so consistent through his career. Like Trey Turner, he, he's been done the last two years. And while he was he came in immediately for what, it was the Panthers Trey, and he was a Pro Bowler's first five to six seasons
2: five years he he fought in the five
1: yeah Hmm. i would just say you gotta
2: think you can't think like he's been he hasn't been good the last two seasons because this is 2014 we're talking about so he would instantly be a plug-in player that would be producing for you at a pro bowl caliber level for five years
1: Mm -hmm. justin would you go back up quarterback here with uh bridgewater
0: no i was thinking uh tom savage or zach (laughs) (laughs) mettenberger No, but in all seriousness, all right, I don't know if this is a wrench to you guys, but I'm going to go with a two-time pro bowler here. Uh, think of this guy at his best. I like DeMarcus Lawrence. I mean, somebody mm-hmm. that's going to get to the quarterback, get the ball right back into Matt Stafford's hands, and, and just absolutely apply massive pressure on a quarterback. You throw that with and Sue. I think that's, that's scary, man. That would have been scary. I mean, he was a great player for Dallas for some time, and he earned a big contract and then sort of you know, fell off a cliff a little bit. We haven't heard his name as much as we probably should. But I like Demarcus Lawrence. I don't think he's a bad player. And you pair him up with a, a solid front seven that way, uh, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm.
1: Here's our dilemma. So Dominic Crayola, our center, is 35 years old. And we have a pretty awesome center prospect in Cray Linsley. is sitting right here. And you know the center position is big. We already got our left tackle. I think the move here, we got to go center. Because they got Riley Reef a young one. Larry Walford at right guard. Yeah. What do you think? They yeah. got Golden Tate on this team as well. I, I did not even mention by the way, yeah. young Golden Tate.
2: Because he would, I think he would sign
1: there. He would sign there, though. Yeah, he, was good. he was good good.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And the
2: other reason I don't think I think D Law is a great player. I just think that they have a lot of talent on the D line for the Lions. So I think that what they would be they would look at it and say, okay, we we don't need any more talent there. Yes, it would be nice, but we should also share some love. And I think they really want to protect Matt Stafford. So, I mean, it, I mean, we could go um, the center. I mean, it, it's not like I mean you're splitting hairs here with Trey Turner and um, uh, Corey. Um, Lindsay or Lindsay?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm Lindsley. not mad at,
2: co- at at taking the center.
0: So, so what, what you guys are telling me is that you've got you've disliked each and every one of my picks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. What was your? I'm trying to think. You took Devontae was not bad. I mean, at because
2: least Devonte
1: was solid. He just has no one to throw the ball to him. The other ones just I don't know what you're doing. I just like Lindsley, You slot him right in at center. And that's a, that's a big time position for Stafford. Played a pretty good offensive line. And like I said, they're going to sign Golden Tate in a few weeks. Or they already signed him at that point. Choir Lindsley is number 10. So to recap, Aaron Donald went to the Texans first overall. Derek Carr at Fresno State, number two, the Rams. Number three, Zach Martin at Notre Dame. Number four, the product to Buffalo. Khalil Mack goes to the Bills. Number five, Devontae Adams. Can have a really rough time playing in Oakland. Number six, Joel Petonio. So the Falcons can match Ryan's protection. Number seven, Odell Beckham Jr. to play with Mike Glennon in Tampa Bay. Number eight, the, the Browns, they're sinking and Jimmy Garoppolo is going right with them. Yeah. Um...
2: it's such a Cleveland Browns pick though, too. <laughs> to
1: be honest. Of course they not. <laughs> yeah. For the ninth overall pick. The Vikings are taking Mike Evans, and tenth overall pick. The Lions will take Corey Lindsley. Some players still left on the board: Taylor Luan, Trey Turner, Jake Matthews, Charles Charles Leno, well, former seventh round pick, Clowney, Giovanni Clowney, the newly retired Stephon toit But how about some of these linebackers: Ryan here, C.J. Mosley, Anthony Barr, Christian CJ. Christian Kirksey.
2: What's up, C.J.? Yeah, C.J. He would he. W- I had him going to uh Oakland in my list. I had him going to Oakland at the fifth pick.
1: hmm Yeah, they, this guy slipped. I think Chazier, the Steelers in this draft, they took Ryan Chazier in the first round. His career tragically ended shortly. Yeah. On the field. Then the second round, they got Stefan it. He was consistently one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. He uh, retired a few about a month month ago. His brother tragically passed away uh, last June, and. He want to play football again, and man, it's it's really sad. Just his career kind of ended short due to injuries and surgeries, and also a tragic loss in his family. Prayers to his family. Then the fourth round, they took Martavis Bryant. That's another player who, due to you know substance or marijuana, he had his career kind of taken from him in a way too with so many suspensions. I was like, damn! Like the Steelers, they nailed all of their picks in this draft, and they never never got to see all three of them blossom together. That's it's actually I've. I've talked about that a off the air. And there's so many players in this class. You know, you just look at them and say, what if, you know, what if Alan Robinson had himself a quarterback? Well, he gets one now in Matt Stafford. This class is a lot of what ifs. Odell, too, is another great example, man. Um you know. So, yeah, Haha high decks, too. What happened to him? Um, it's crazy how many uh, stars that came out immediately from this class. You know, yeah, I'm
0: we're talking about NFL drafts, but there's a very famous one that we seem to talk about a lot lately in our NFL topics, and that's the '04 draft. We spoke about Ben Roethlisberger, we spoke about Eli Manning, and now today, let's let's hear it, man. Let's talk about Mr. Bo, Bowtie himself. Let's the bolo tie himself, Philip Rivers. Is Philip Rivers a from- Hall of Famer, guys? That you can't again.
2: tell who I'm pointing at, but I'm pointing at John right there because that's the guy you want to be talking to.
0: Is, all right, so we'll start with John. John, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer?
1: You know, Philip Rivers is one of those players where we look at what a Hall of Fame is, consists of there's one giant piece missing, and that is a Super Bowl. And we look at his contemporaries in 2004 NFL draft. You notice Eli's got two Super Bowl on the piece, and Rivers never made it there. And that is kind of the defining point of Rivers' career. Then, AFC that had Brady and Belichick, Roethlisberger, Tomlin, Cower, the Peyton. New York Jets defenses, Peyton Manning.
0: Peyton, yeah.
1: There was a fourth team in that mix
0: the Ravens. And that was
1: the San Diego Chargers. The Ravens had their moments too. But here's the, the unique thing about Philip Rivers' NFL career the fact of how unique he was. He had a weird throwing motion. People had questions and concerns over it. And once you know, when he finished his career, he was top five in completions, passing yards, and passing touchdowns. Pretty impressive. And you look back at that class, Eli, one of the toughest quarterbacks ever. He had a streak of 210 straight starts. Ben, one of the toughest guns of all time. You look at Philip Rivers. He is the definition of toughness. The guy tore his ACL partially in his MCL. The following week, he was playing in New England in the AFC Championship game. But Danian Tomlinson was playing that week through injuries. And Antonio Gates had turf toe. That entire team was basically all playing one leg, that offense. And they didn't beat the Patriots that, that Sunday. But when you look at what toughness is, he personified it. And when you look at what the Chargers franchise was before he went there, Eli Manning was the first overall pick in that class. But he didn't want to play in San Diego. Why? Because the franchise was terrible. Look at Ryan Leaf. How badly he failed. Drew Brees. It took him some time to take off with the Chargers. The thing though was, when he did, his second year at the team, week 17, in a meaningless regular season game. They were not making the playoffs. Marty Schottenheimer starts him in a game. So if the, the second year quarterback and Phillip, a former fourth overall pick out of Alabama, went to college for North Carolina. And Drew fumbles... Around their five-yard line, he goes to dive on the pile to save the possession and a touchdown. And one of the most gruesome shoulder injuries, his rotator cuff completely torn, his labrum, all that, and his throwing shoulder. And from that point on, there, there were massive questions about Drew Brees' career. It was all in jeopardy because of how serious the shoulder injury was. And so after he had just Drew won the team, the division, in 2004, Phillip's rookie year while he was the third string behind a 42-year-old Doug Flutie, all of a sudden, Philip was being thrust into the starting role. Go out there and play. And his first year with the team that won 14 games, it's pretty impressive. He, Like I said, he wasn't even the second-string guy his, his first year in the game. And for Chargers fans, an organization that, you know, had made the playoffs just once in the last 10 years, they have themselves a franchise quarterback for the next 16 seasons. In his third year, first year starting, Philip was a pro bowler. And why don't you know it? With the Danny and Tomlinson, they would win the division in his first four years starting, each and every single year. How about that for a franchise? that couldn't find themselves a quarterback. And when they finally did, they lose him. But he was a pro bowler in Drew Brees. And Philip Rivers not only filled his shoes admirably, but he made the franchise relevant. You can talk about maybe, I said before, his top five in all those statistical categories. Oh, inflated stat totals. But this right here is a guy who has led the NFL in every passing measure. Completions, completion percentage, TDs, yards, yards per completion, yards per game, interceptions, and wins. He's done it all. He was top three in QBR four different times in his career. He's popped up in the MVP race multiple times. And like I said before, he only got to play with the Damian Tomlinson for about three years of his prime. And each of those seasons, they won the division. The fact of the matter is, until the age of 34 years old, Phillip Rivers was one of the very best quarterbacks in the game. And when his supporting pass started to get worse over the years, he lost LT. Antonio Gates started to age the receivers. He had Vincent Jackson, but there were some years in between And Keenan Allen was A, not in the league, or B, battling with their injuries. But on weeks, Dontrell Inman or Malcolm Brown or Malcolm Floyd,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Malcolm Brown's current running back, or Danny Woodhead were his most lethal weapons. And those years, the Chargers stunk. I mean, as the quarterback was aging, he just didn't have the players who could elevate him the way he could elevate the talent around him. And when you just look at Phillip's career, he had so many great players. Ryan Matthews, Melvin Gordon. before forget he played Darren Sproles. Danny Woodhead I talked about. Vincent Jackson. Keenan Allen. He helped produce all those players. LaDinian L- L- Tomlinson and Antonio Gates, they had broken out before with Drew Brees, but you look at all those receiving backs, the receivers. He helped bring all those players into some legitimate football. They were all those guys. Some of the best players in their position. And without Phil stepping into the organization for, again, a Pro Bowl quarterback, there was a lot of pressure on him. He produced. And for an eight-time Pro Bowler that has been one of the very best quarterbacks and the best generation at the position. I say to myself, he has the impact. He had the longevity, playing over 17 years. And most of all, he had the uniqueness in his game to be worthy of a Hall of Fame selection. And I'm saying to myself, a damn Philip Phillip Rivers, it'll look funny if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame. It's not going to be in immediately. I think it's going to be down to the wire but at some point. I think he will get in, and certainly he is deserving.
2: Okay, fired away. Um, So, I want to say first and foremost, I respect the hell out of Phillip Rivers. I love Phillip Rivers. Any given Sunday, I would take Phillip Rivers as my starting quarterback. Because he's, like, like I said uh, previously about Mac Jones, he's a winner. He's a fighter. And like John said, he's one of the toughest guys to ever play this sport. I love the trash talk. I love the swagger, the confidence, borderline cockiness. I love it, okay? To be a great player, you got to be cocky because you got to think you're great when everybody else doesn't. And I respect that. But, again, like I've said before, this is the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. If I were to rank that 2003 NFL draft, I would go Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning in terms of quarterback talent. But if if I don't think Eli is is going to get in, or I mean not is, I think he's going to get in, I don't believe he should be, then I don't think, I can't make the case Philip Rivers deserves to be in there.
0: If Phillip had the rings like Eli did, the two.
2: He gets in, he gets in, he gets in especially if he's two-time super bowl mvp as well but he comes out no all pro no all pros made no mvps like john said um time pro bowl are very good comeback player of the year greatest chargers quarterback to ever play um i mean just for a second let me speak on that 2003 draft i mean what a success for the steel, your Steelers, the Giants, and the Chargers. I mean, you get three guys who are going to be your greatest uh, player at a pos- at the most important position on the field in, in the in the entire history of those teams. So, I mean, bravo. Um, the one thing I look at about Phil, I mean, obviously the no Super Bowls and MVPs and whatnot, but I I want to bring it to I feel bad for Philip Rivers overall. 'Cause like John said, he went to a franchise that was just a epitome of dog crap. I mean, they were they were nothing for a long time. I mean, yes, in, in the in the I, I, the seventies or eighties with um Flutie and um so, so senior, yes, but for the majority of the Chargers history, they weren't anything special. And I feel bad for Phillip because I look at his coaches that he's had. And I look at it. Um, Marty Schottenheimer for one year. He only had sh- shot um, for starting. I'm, I'm talking starting, not his first two years. Cause he didn't um, three years. Okay. He didn't start. So Schottenheimer only had one year. Schottenheimer was known for his great regular season success, but he was, he struggled in the postseason, and you only had him for one year. Then you move on to North Turner, who I don't believe should have gotten the job. Um, I think everybody can look like hindsight. He didn't deserve the job. I mean, his record with the uh, in his career is 118 and 126 and one draw but if you look at it i didn't even know he was a head coach before the chargers all you got to do is look he didn't prove anything in washington from 94 to 2000 49 and 59 with one draw and then in oakland in 04 and 05 he was 9 and 23 that's terrible how do you deserve a third shot and then you go move on to Mike McCoy, 27 and 37. He had two winning seasons and two losing seasons, nine and seven twice and finished uh, fourth and third twice in their division. So there's no consistency there. And then towards the end of his career with Anthony Lynn for three years, 26 and 22, he went nine and seven, 12 and four and five and 11, second, second and fourth place. I just look at it and I say, Man, he didn't have the consistency around him in the coaching, and I feel bad for him. But he he can't be a hall of fame hall of famer.
1: Is that fair? Fair what? Like at all that because of the surroundings? Like look at Big Ben, as a Steeler fan, I'll admit there were years. on am be honest, where Philip Rivers was better and the best quarterback out of that class, which also had Matt Schaub at the third round, if you care. But you look at what Big Ben came into.
2: Yeah.
1: One of the greatest defenses was what would soon emerge. Bill Cowher, one of the best coaches of the decade. Mike Tomlin, who will be a Hall of Fame head coach. The rookie. Eli Manning. The, I mean, on the me extent. Ownership, stability, championships. All of that was there for Big Ben. He had the running backs, too, like Phillip. You have Willie Parker. Drum Bettis, you yeah, had the, the weapons, Plaxico, Santonio, all these big-time players. Heinz Ward, Heath Miller would eventually come in. Ben had it all. The Steelers, just a few years before, were going to the AC Championship team with Cordell Stewart. And I got his jersey right here. I, I love I love Slash. One of the coolest franchise, quarter, franchise quarterbacks. <laughs> but the Steelers, Big Ben was just the cherry on top. He was more than enough to get them over the top. Look at the Giants. They had been to the Super Bowl a few years before. With Kerry Collins. They had one of the greatest defenses of all time. with Michael Strahan and so many other stunts. They had the head coach. Offensively, they had all the receivers in Eli's earlier years, Blacks ago. Then he's throwing some of the other guys. Victor Cruz, he came next. There's talent. But Philip Rivers, he never had the coach. And he never had that defense. And he didn't have to step. He didn't get the ability to just step into a place like Pittsburgh. No. You had to turn around an entire franchise. So that I, is why he never won a Super Bowl. That's
0: why. That's so I'm I, I'm looking at Philip Rivers' numbers, and and I look at it a lot similar to a Hall of Fame case that we'll have in a couple of years. Uh, when you look at Matt Ryan, do do you guys think Matt Ryan's a Hall of Famer?
2: No, no. I would take Philip over Matt Ryan. And
0: Matt Ryan made a Super Bowl appearance. Matt Ryan is an MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm not knocking Philip Rivers, and I do ultimately think that he will get into the Hall of Fame eventually. Uh, more so, his personality is incredible. I remember this one play of him getting, throwing a deep ball down the field, absolutely getting mashed. The guy that knocked him down picks him up, and Philip Rivers in his ear screams, Let's go. <laughs> I, <I'm- laughs> after just after this guy's just being so kind and of picking you up, like he had this attitude on the field, you know he brought it every single game. Nobody was a better trash talker than him, uh based on personality and you know just his attitude on and off the field, yeah, he's a Hall of fame person, he's a Hall of fame player. I think with his numbers, uh like you mentioned John top five and a couple of statistics, well maybe that that may be a little skewed because defensive changes you know NFL rules change where it's it's more friendly to the quarterback now so a lot of quarterbacks you could throw in a Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan guys that benefit from that where they can pile up their their throwing numbers but I'm not going to knock Philip I think he played in probably one of the toughest times in AFC history when you're dealing with the two greatest quarterbacks of all time much like Ben was with Peyton and Brady then you got to go up against Ray Lewis and Ed Reed in Baltimore and the Steelers tough defense, Palomalu and the boys, you know, the Jets, defense. The, the Jets defense was no joke back then. I, I guess maybe I don't, I don't judge them so harshly and say, oh, you had to be the best in that time because no, there were so many people playing at their best. I look at philip Rivers stats right here he started his career 14 and two in his rookie year 11 and five in his second eight and eight in his third then 13 and three in his fourth the guy was winning games man he he won games it's just tough to overcome that like i said you're, you're going against some very very tough opponents the afc was an absolute juggernaut back then so yeah ultimately i do think his numbers are enough to get him in into the hall of fame um If you want to start talking about postseason and his Super Bowls, he should have won won one or at least advanced to one. Sure. But like I said, that AFC was no joke. I'm not going to be too hard on him. Eventually, he'll get in. I don't think he's a slam dunk. I think it'll take some time. But it's definitely worth arguing where in, in, in the future, you might be debating, okay, is Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, or Philip Rivers who's more worthy of a Hall of Fame appearance? You know, I mean, before this year, Matt Stafford didn't have a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now, now he does, so maybe, maybe he he takes the cake there. But
1: only one Pro Bowl though. Phillips eight.
0: Dude, so it, it's it's definitely going to be a debate.
2: And I was actually having an argument over the weekend with another Steelers fan, um, about uh my big ben take about not being a first ballot hall of famer and it kind of morphed into a a philip river a a little philip rivers debate too and much more like it usually does but um I, i said you can make you can make an argument that philip rivers is better than big ben now he people called me crazy for that but that's their opinion um but I said, if you put, if push comes to shove, I would take Big Ben. Right. But I will say, if Philip, if you take Philip Rivers and you put him on the Pittsburgh Steelers or the New York Giants, I think he has similar success, if not more. Because I do think, as a talent, I think he's more talented than Big Ben and Eli Manning as throwers of the football.
0: I do so, think he had more weapons on the outside than than those guys. So I don't know if I exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Eli. Yeah, no, because because you got to remember, Big Ben eventually got Mike Wallace, A. B. Emmanuel. Yeah, so yeah. No,
0: like, I'm. Well, I'm I guess more so on the Eli side. For the majority of his career, he did have better weapons. So I don't know if he has the same. Yeah,
2: because he had that. he had Antonio Gates for a majority of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio Gates, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. He had LT for a little bit. Vincent um, Jackson
0: wasn't a slouch Vincent guy, right. so yeah, he's
2: had, some, he's had some uh weapons, but he never had the stability that um Eli had with Tom Coughlin and the New York Giants franchise, and same with Big Ben and the uh Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Like and Donald we saw, too. we saw last year in 2020, Philip at age 39, yeah, he, he wasn't a spring chicken. And they still won 11 games in spite of him being sporadic with the football. He kind of didn't know what he was going to give you on that specific Sunday. He was older, you know? And even still, he was really efficient for them. And he helped them win 11 games.
2: He was 39 then. And that's jumping into a brand new team, brand new franchise, after being on the team for 16 years, and you got to learn a whole new system. In the middle of COVID, too. You know, it's not just
1: any offseason. Joe Burrow was talking about going to his rookie year. A lot of the meetings through virtual Zoom, you know, what we're doing right now, it, it's completely different opposed to when you have normal offseason to work out in person, you have the typical regiments. And they almost beat that Bills team, which, you know, was a Super Bowl contender that year. I said to myself, what if you had that coach and Frank Reich and the defensive coordinators in Indianapolis? Because, you know, Jonathan Taylor then, just like LaDinian Tomlinson, you know, it's kind of like the, the the new changing of the guard with the elite young running back. And he didn't have many great receiving options because, remember, as a rookie, Michael Pittman, he wasn't him, you know? His last season, he was awesome at Carson Wentz, but it took him some time to develop, and they really didn't have the receivers. They just had the running backs and the team that worked for the defense and the offensive line. So for Phillip, I say, damn, like, what if he got that a decade before? The head coach and then all the talent because those years where he was missing the and North Turner... Keenan Allen was so often hurt, and that was another one of those guys. But if Keenan's not available, what do you really have? You know, Jordan Matthews, he only had one, two years at his peak. Darren Sproles didn't really break out until he left. Sure, you've got Austin Eckler. He only got one year with him. Melvin Gordon, a few good years. It's just all really disappointing that it didn't all come together for him and that, that he had to lose to Tom Brady three times in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You because know? that was what the AFC was. You were lucky to get past New England. Yeah. Even though they didn't make it every single year, if you got by them, Steeler fans were jet fans, Colts fans, you're you're crossing your fingers every time that you you could. And when you when you're able to, it was almost a miracle. So, and that's the so,
2: thing. So just to uh wrap this uh, up, because um so yeah, I mean, even with the Colts back in the uh, early 2000s, the early Brady-Payton days, I, I I forget the number, but I think Brady went like 8 or 11-0 in their first, like, whatever amount of games with Peyton. Peyton could not get past him. And the, only, the first time he actually beat Tom Brady, uh, I think I'm getting this right, was the was their first Super Bowl run in 2006. I think 2006. Um, was the first time Peyton beat Brady. So... I mean, when you deal with juggernauts and that's what you're going to get, but to wrap it up, I think you guys think that he's going to get it in eventually, not, not anytime soon, but eventually. And I could admit that he off his merit and how great he was and how he turned around a franchise and what he epitomized. And he's got the numbers, even though he doesn't have the awards. I think that similar with Eli and um, Eli, more Eli, because Ben's going to get in the Hall of Fame. My argument was that he's not a first ballot, but similar with Eli, I think he probably will eventually get into the Hall of Fame, just seeing how it's starting to work nowadays. But, yeah, all respect mm. to Philip Rivers.
0: All respect. No?
2: Now it's time, John.
0: It's time for you. This, this, you The floor little, is little John's. Bit. The floor belongs to Mr. Steel City himself to talk about the, the catch-up stadium down in uh, Pittsburgh.
1: Take it away. We took a bathroom break before this, and I was considering grabbing the ketchup bottle. It would have been too emotional, man. It would have been way too emotional. You know, after all, they may not be getting rid of the ketchup bottle on the side of the stadium, but my heart is broken, I guys. I, as a kid that grew up, as a big-time Steelers fan, you know, I'd always play Madden. Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There was a ring to it well before I knew what even Heinz was and where it came from as a young kid. And the Steelers brand, you know, they're in Pennsylvania, but they're in Western PA. The stadium was a large part of that. They had the quarterback that was the image of the team. They had it all. They had the stadium. And now after 20 years. Stadium name is changing, too. This is the first and last time we're going to call it this. The Acroshore Stadium, a uh, Michigan Insurance Company, which is you know a little bit different than Heinz Ketchup in terms of uh, familiarity with Pittsburgh. That's neither here nor there. Ultimately, in life, it's it all comes down to business. It's like anything else in pro sports, and when it comes to naming rights contract for for an NFL stadium, the Steelers they had the second lowest. Naming rights contract, the second least amount of dollars. When they signed their deal with Heinz in 2001, it was for $2.85 million annually, which in 2022 ranked 31st in the NFL. But with Acroshore, they offered over $10 million per year for the next. whatever it is. I don't care. I don't want the stadium name to be Acroshore. They offered the Steelers a 350% increase from the initial rate. And that right there allows the Steelers to continue building the museum. I forgot the exact name of it, which is off to the side. And more importantly, it'll allow the Steelers to keep their stadium on the North Shore. I'm just really sad. You know, I, I'll never call the stadium this, ever. I, all all due respect to the company, you're really just... People say Steelers fans will get over it, but every time I call it Heinz Field, and they go, Akershore, Acroshore I'm going to cringe every single time because that's not what I know it as. And they're saying maybe they'll keep keep the ketchup bottles. The seats will stay, you know, the typical Steeler colors, all that good stuff. But not only is there not the same ring to it, but aesthetically, it's just part part of, as, as a Steeler fan, it's all being stripped away from me. Ben is gone. Kevin Colbert's gone. Stadium name's gone. And, you know, we go through all these years of suffering as you know i'm someone that never got to see them win the super bowl my first year watching the team was um 2008 so the year after San antonio holmes catch in super bowl forty three. and you know i never got to catch that so for me my entire time as a Steelers fan has just been disappointment and letdowns in the postseason i never got to see them win a super bowl i, I got to watch them lose to the packers which is i'm not a jet fan so i could be really fortunate but at least as a Jets fan, you know what you're signing yourself up for. Mm. As a Steeler fan, you're expecting the world because this is one of the, the, the best organizations in North American sports. And I'm just so sad.
0: <laughs> my- I get it, bro. If, if, Yank, if Yankee Stadium ended up turning into Amazon Stadium, I would, I would lose my mind.
2: It'd be way I worse. Think, name, I think you're feeling the same pain as uh, Lakers fans right now. Oh yeah. The uh, Staples uh, Arena becoming uh, crypto, whatever the.
1: This honestly might be worse.
2: I don't know. I don't think so.
1: But Staples Center, it did, it doesn't represent Los Angeles the same way Heinz does Pittsburgh. Heinz is Pittsburgh, and their name is some uh, Michigan insurance company.
0: I guess this, and plus, the Lakers weren't playing in the Staples Center. I mean, they, they were in another arena, if I'm not mistaken, before with Kobe and Shaq. Kobe and Shaq weren't always in the Staples Center. So I guess you're right. You're right, John. This, this yeah. stinks. So you know what? Before before we move on to trivia, can you share with us your experience at, at Heinz Field?
1: Yeah, I got to. Fortunately, yeah, this last year I went, and that was a whirlwind of a weekend for me as a Steelers fan. I never went to Heinz Field. And when I know it, it'd be the Steelers second and last game with it being known as Heinz. But who you know, every time they score a touchdown, they got like the catcher bottles by the scoreboard. I don't remember exactly, but you know, catch up like the theme on like the, the outskirt, it's really cool. And you know, I'm sure that the color and the branding of the stadium will be similar, but this allows the Steelers to renovate what was, you know, one of the, the lowest or the cheapest deals in the nfl all of a sudden renovate the stadium and Hinesville, as it is it's an an awesome location like i'm from new jersey i compare it to metlife and metlife is like down on the floor like this water bottle is upside down Hinesville's up here man amazing location the tailgates there are way better because while it may be really cold you're not going to watch crappy football when you're actually in the stadium. So there's a big, big difference that you're actually going to look forward to. The tailgate isn't the best part. Steeler games are awesome. I mean, then again, I've only been to two stadiums. And let me tell you, man, all the people that have been all of them, they say, Pittsburgh, they've, they've got one of the best experiences as a fan. And, you know, just being able to go to a place where it's not just a stadium for football, but it's, you know, oh, so much of it is just, frankly, in the football season, Starts with a T, I'm blanking on the word. I
2: don't know. What did you say? I didn't hear you. I didn't the word that.
1: starts with the letter T, not transportation for some reason that
2: What are you referring tourist. to? Tourist tourism.
1: tourism. There tourism. There oh, okay. It's a tourist attraction. You know, you go in the stadium and people be holding signs, you know, I'm from this yay man miles away, Hawaii. A lot of New Jersey people would be holding the signs at the, at the pro shop because there's Steeler fans all over. It's similar to Dallas where you got them everywhere because of the 70s, dominance. All those people that are kids then are now parents now. But so it's a tourist attraction. The tailgates are really fun. And the community of Steelers fandom, there was nothing like it in Big Ben's last home game versus the Baltimore Ravens. And let me tell you, watching him beat Lamar Jackson, And then seeing Lamar slam his helmet on the sidelines, nothing felt better. It was one of the coolest things for me. Just watch us kick the Ravens at home. And frankly, it's an awesome stadium. I'm just never calling it that name, ever.
0: Well, at least the stadium is still there. And they're they're keeping that same location. Certainly. You'll get over the name change (sighs) when Kenny Pickett is throwing dimes to Deontay Johnson.
1: Until he gets traded
2: somewhere. (laughs)
0: well let's jump right into trivia man brandon i heard you got two for us today
2: let's do it brandon's revenge all right so i've got two i got one kind of easy one and one pretty tough one cool so we'll start with the easier one so he was an both players i'll give you off the hit off the bat both are undrafted players
1: i've undrafted one too
2: um, this guy is an undrafted player from the 2013 draft. He's a two time pro bowler and made a second team all pro once. Position? He's a wide receiver. Still in the league? Yep. He's had two seasons of over a thousand yards. <laughs> Plays for a team in the NFC North. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Yeah, I knew once I gave him. Oh. I didn't know he was
1: 2013. Yeah, you man. I, I thought he was
2: like
0: 2015.
2: No, 2013. like that. Wow. Okay. He's
0: been in the league a wow.
1: while. Yeah, dude. I feel like he's only like five or six years to be on. All
2: right. So I gave you the easy one, and once I said NFC North, I knew somebody was going to get it. But here's here's, here's the tough one. Here's the one that I'm like, okay, let's see what y'all got. Dig into your deep brains of football history. Mm -hmm. Undrafted player from 2004. Not in the league anymore. Retired in 2013. He's been on five different teams. He's a Super Bowl champion.
1: Julian Ellman.
2: No.
0: 2004? He hasn't been – when was he? <laughs> like 2008. Yeah. No, he's like 2008, 2009,
2: 2008 I 2009, I think. Um, Super Bowl champ. Three-time first-team All-Pro. Miles three-time
1: Austin? Three-time Pro Bowl. Huh? Three-time Miles. Pro Bowl. Miles Austin?
2: No.
0: Damn. Can we get a, a team or, or division position?
2: I won't give you position because that'll be a little way, I think. Okay, so he played for the Packers, the Saints, Nick Collins. No, the Texans, and one of John's rival teams, the Baltimore Ravens. And that's where he won the Super Bowl. He was arguably the best player at his position.
1: Jacoby Jones. Who? Jacoby Jones.
2: No.
0: Packers, Saints. What was the third team? Texans.
2: Texans,
0: Texans. and he finished his career in Baltimore as a
2: champion. Yep. Three-time first-team All-Pro. Three-time Pro Bowler. All right, I'll give you his position. Yeah, come on. So I said, arguably the best player at his position. This is a forgotten position. This is a position nobody cares about anymore. This is the fullback position.
1: Alex Kuhn?
2: No. Great name, too. He's got a great name.
0: I'm going to be so mad.
2: You probably knew him from Madden, too. That's what
0: I was going to say, because I used to use my fullbacks in Madden. Who was the fullback on that Ravens team? That
1: was 2012, dude. Holy cow.
0: His DeMarco.
1: Okay, so he played on the Texans,
2: the Packers. He helped block for Arian Foster in his 2010 breakout campaign. He huh. was, ra- this isn't going to help you, but this is a, he was uh, ranked 45th uh, player in the top. Uh, hundred NFL players in 2011, and in 2012 he was ranked higher than Peyton Manning.
1: Chest, I'm not getting
0: this. Yeah, nor am I. And I'm gonna be so mad because now now that he's saying he's ranked higher than Peyton Manning, I'm gonna feel like a dum dum when I when I hear this name. Just just hurry up, do it.
2: (laughs) Vonta Vonta Leach.
1: Ready? Ready? (laughs) This. We're done. Good night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for episode eight of the Wise Guys podcast. I hate these trivia things. Please (laughs) go follow us on our socials. Johnny T, you know all of them by heart. Let's go drop them for me. (sighs) I can't speak.
1: (laughs) Bontalich.
0: Bontalich. Well, I'm, I'm gonna fun. I'm gonna play Madden 13 today a tomorrow night. To
1: uh,
0: I'm gonna find it. I gotta I, up, I gotta come up with the trivia just to mess with you guys because I'm the one that always gets screwed up on these things. Yeah. How yeah. about next time I'm gonna drop some baseball trivia on you nah, guys? No, no, it's okay. And then have you guys. <ACG>.
2: That's going to be my guest.
0: Jason
2: Giambi. Jason Giambi. Oh,
0: I, man. We got to put John on to so those Jason Giambi phone calls to Mike Francesa. We got to put you on, bro. Uh,
1: I think Moneyball guy. I know about Giambi.
0: No, 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 no. Look up Mike Francesa, Jason Giambi. When you're free.
1: Okay.
0: Because for the people that are watching, John is never free. John is like full-blown into this stuff, so he doesn't have time for, for TV.
1: doesn't. Well, I had to research the ins and outs of Vontae Leach's career, so I don't forget. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I
1: got some more fullbacks too my back pocket.
0: Johnny, d- do you have a, a trivia?
1: I did, but I can't even speak at this point. doesn't want it. Can't this one's it actually pretty tough. Oh gosh, he's a forgotten player, but he's still in the NFL. You want to If it?
0: If, if I don't know it, I'm wrapping this damn episode up. Yeah, right here. All right,
1: let's yeah, go. I, it's gonna be tougher. Okay, so hmm. he is a wide receiver that was undrafted. What year? I think it was 2013. Might have been the class we just did a, a redraft on.
2: 2014.
1: Anyways, I'll give you that in a moment. This is a good one. He's out of Miami, Florida. And he has one 1,000-yard 1, season to his name in a 2015 campaign. Now, these last few years, he was in the Dolphins, but due to injuries, he had not appeared for the team. Where he had that 1,000-yard season, was playing next to Allen Robinson.
2: Oh, Allen Hurts.
1: Damn, I shouldn't have given that away. Dallin Robinson thing made it pretty obvious.
2: I haven't heard
0: that name in a while, man.
2: Yeah, redeemed us, Justin. There we go, Brandon. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Oh man, trivia. That's I'm gonna have to get on trivia crack. You
2: gotta get a trivia question.
0: Yeah, bro, just to mess with you guys.
2: You're Michael Humanamanui.
0: <laughs> That's not
2: a... You like that name, huh?
0: No, I'll be I'll be prepared for your next fullback question. All right. But let's wrap it up, fellas. That'll do it. Wise Guys Episode 8. Hope you guys enjoyed. Give us a like. Follow us on our socials. Follow us on our personal socials as well. Stay classy, guys. Peace.
1: I'm not going to